Glad that we can gather around the Word again here this afternoon, and uh, I've opened here to the book of Jeremiah. book of Jeremiah, and we'll read here from chapter 4. And I'm just going to read here from verse 3. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 3. For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord, and take away the foreskins of your heart, ye men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire, and burn that none can quench it, because of the evil of your doings. Sing from 201. Opened here to the book of uh, Corinthians again. I think I've opened to, to these these uh, particular chapters probably about more than any other. Um, so I'm kind of looking here at where let's read here from First Corinthians 15. We're going to start at verse 51. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.
Break up your fallow ground and so not among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart. Ye men of Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. So my thoughts are going a lot of different ways here, but I guess as we, as we think about that, you know, we can look really, really good on the outside. And we can fool one another. And we can fool others. And we can live in such a way that from outward, from people looking on the outside, looking at us, everything can kind of just seem to be pretty, pretty, pretty good. And yet inwardly, within the heart, the heart maybe needs to be circumcised. God is looking for a clean heart. God is looking for a pure heart. God is looking for a covenant people that are serving him from their heart and not just outwardly. And we've talked about it so many times, but I guess where my thoughts are going at right now is break up your fallow ground. And before I jumped into this and... and found out that maybe I was thinking of fallow ground wrong. I'm sorry to put you all on the spot, but I just wanted to make sure there's some farmers here that I I thought, well, I don't want to misspeak here on this. But if you'll bear with me as I try to work through this a little bit, are there areas in our heart that maybe need to be worked up? Are there areas in our heart that maybe is fallow ground and we wonder sometimes, why is our lives not more fruitful? Why are our lives not more, um, we might say, spirit-filled? Why don't we see the power of God really working in us as mightily as what we've seen it there in the book of Acts and, and in, in times past? And... Maybe there's some thorns there in the heart. Maybe there's some thorns there in that, in that stony ground, that fallow ground, that ground that's been kind of dry and crusted over and the rains have come and there's, there's been the, the spring rains, maybe so to speak. There's been those showers that have come and then the heat comes out and the heat has shown on that ground and the heat has come and has dried up that moisture out of that ground, and it's become really crusty and hard. And yet you break down underneath that crust just a little bit, and sometimes it doesn't take very much, depending on how dry it's been and how hot it's been. And, but sometimes it doesn't take very much just to break down, break through that crust, and there's, there's moisture there again. And so you can look out on a dry field that hasn't been worked up, and it's amazing how quickly... Weeds can grow there. I mean, we just see that all the time, don't we? I mean, around in these areas, don't we just see all the time how ground that's not worked, it brings forth, but a lot of times it just it brings forth weeds. And it just seems like it doesn't take long at all for us in our life. You know, life is going pretty good. There's maybe even showers of blessings. There's moisture there. 
And it just doesn't take very long at all, though, until maybe there's just a, a, it's a small little thing. It's a small little weed that, that kind of springs up. And it's really not hard at all to pull that little weed. It's really not hard at all just when it's in it, tiny like that. It's not hard at all to come up and break up that fallow ground and get rid of those, as it says here, I guess, so not among thorns and, and, the, and the weeds. But you catch it when it's small and it's not hard. I can remember one time when I was a little, little boy, I wasn't very old at all, and my dad sent me, this was back, and some of you probably don't even remember these days, but a number of us certainly do, when you drive down and you see people out in the, corn, or out in the bean fields, and you see a whole group of them out there, and they were, had hoes, and they were hoeing the bean fields. And, you know, today we can spray them and or round up ready beans and that kind of thing, where those days we kind of forget about those days. We forget about those times where you look out in the fields and you see groups of young kids out there in the hot day going out there and hoeing up these weeds, making it look good. I remember one time being sent out all by myself, and it was I had to ride my bike there. And I got there, and these, these weeds were, were taller than me and just thick. I mean, just, I mean, it seemed like as a kid, it seemed like it was half the size of this room, patches of these weeds that, and I didn't even have a hoe. All I had was just a big knife, and I was told just go out and cut them down. And, and I, I, I went out there to cut them down, and it was hot, and these weeds were taller than me. And, and it was covered in all kinds of spiders and, and that kind of thing. And, and it's hot, and the grass was even growing up in this. And somewhere in that, all of that was beans, I guess. I, I, I don't even know if there were beans in that. But I went out there to, to cut this down, and on the way there, I got chased by a dog. And, and the, whole, the whole experience was just miserable. It just really was. I went out there, and I was trying to hack and I wasn't even strong enough to get through these things because they'd grown, had such a stock on them. And I, I hacked away, and I hacked away for a little while. I, did, I didn't even hardly make a dent on it until I just I gave up. I just gave up. It was just overwhelming. Uh, there's no possible way. Looking at this field, and I'm just sitting in one patch of these things and then looking out and seeing another patch and then seeing another patch and seeing another patch. And I can't hardly cut down five of them without being... And these things had just grown up and, and just become massive. And you know, if those things had been just went out there, I could have plucked them little things up right, right, right at the very beginning. I could have went out there with just my two fingers and just pulled them up. It would have been nothing to do that. But those things had just been given time to grow and, and really become something. Break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. I think sometimes that's how it gets for people. They let things build up in their hearts. They let things fester. They let things grow. Maybe someone said something that hurt, hurt feelings. 
And instead of just going directly and just nipping that thing right there in the bud and just pulling that thing out, maybe going and addressing it right away and saying, you know, when you said that, I maybe misunderstood you. I maybe misunderstood how you meant that. Maybe it's to a spouse. Maybe it's to a friend. Maybe it's to a brother to brother. But, you know, I, I maybe misunderstood that, but that's how this hit me. And I'm wondering maybe did I misunderstand something there? Sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes we communicate in ways that, that aren't easily understood and people mistake it. And, and, uh, and boy, it's just so simple to just go there and pluck that thing out real quick and just, just nip that thing in the bud. It doesn't grow anywhere. But that's not always what we do, is it? Someone says something and it maybe hurts our feelings and then we fester on that a little bit and we think about that a little bit. And, and by the time the end of the week comes or the end of the month, that thing's turned into a, a mighty big weed that's in there that's just sucking up the nutrients and it's sucking up the, the moisture and, and pretty soon this thing is, it's there. And it means to stay there. And to get that thing out of there, it takes a little bit more hacking then, a little bit more working and, and you gotta get in there with the hoe and try to root that thing out of there and it's, it's a little more painful at that point. You're gonna see a dent there left there and there's, there's beans gonna be missing around where that stock grew up there because couldn't get any sunlight. Does that ever happen? You think of any times where maybe something came along your way and it should have just been dealt with right then and there. But you put it off and you put it off and you put it off. Maybe today that, that comes to your mind, something comes to your mind there, and it, now it just almost looks overwhelming. It can almost look like, I don't even know how I'm going to get rid of that thing now. Break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. It doesn't work. I could have went out there with a bunch of beans in that, in that thick stand of weeds, and I could have scattered the seed on the ground there. And all of us here know that there wouldn't have been hardly any kind of production that would have came out, any kind of fruitfulness. you got to go in there, and you got to root that stuff out of there. In this case, the best thing would have done, cut it all down, get a tractor back in there. I don't know. I'm not a farmer. That's why I had to ask, what does it fallow ground mean? I might be off on what, but I think there's still a message here on this. But the only way you're going to get beans to grow in that little plot where I was standing was to get in there and get them weeds out of there and work up that ground and make it so that it's, it's could put a seed bed in there, get them seeds covered up, and then keep them weeds out of there. And you go through any given week and any given time, and you have a situation that comes up, life happens, and... And there's just opportunity after opportunity after opportunity for little weeds to pull up. It's typically, a lot of times, it seems like in the area of relationships, isn't it? I mean, isn't that kind of where a lot of those weeds can kind of tend to spring up and, and, and pop up? I'm not saying it couldn't be in other things. I don't know. It, it can happen in so many different areas, so many different ways. Maybe, maybe... Maybe there's something that, I don't know, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal when it happens. And it just wouldn't be anything at all. Maybe the cashier gave you the wrong change. Maybe that's all it is. She just gave you back the wrong change. 
she was supposed to give you a dollar back and she gave you a dollar fifty. It's fifty cents. I mean, we're not even talking about anything. It's just a little teeny tiny thing. You just nip that thing in the bud. All you got to do is give the fifty cents back. Or maybe you didn't get charged for your coffee, or maybe you didn't get charged for whatever it is. You notice it, and you're like, ah. Be a real simple thing just to nip that thing in the bud and root it out of there. It doesn't even have a chance to grow, but you think, well, I don't know, for whatever reason it is. And you think, well, I don't want to look ridiculous. I don't want to look silly. I mean, really, what's 50 cents anyhow? Do I really got to go up there and say, hey, you know, you gave this back to me here I mean, I walked out to the van already, or I walked out to the car already, and I now i got to walk back in and give her back 50 cents? You get in the car, and you drive off. Next day, you think about it, and it's just a thought. It doesn't even really... All it would take is just going back, but now you got to go back to the restaurant. Now you got to go back to the lady. you got to try to find the person. Now their, their records are messed up. Well, because I, don't, I can't put that back. I guess just give it to the waitress. And there's all kinds of different thoughts you can have now along this thing, and suddenly this little thing that could have just been nipped in the bud, by the end of the week, you're fretting about because of a 50-cent mistake. It's just little weeds, just little things. But you know you go over life. Now back up with me a little bit, and we go back to baptism. You know, we come out of those baptismal waters, and it's such a beautiful thing. We feel at peace with God, and our hearts are just free. There's light. There's a clear conscience. There's peace with God. And then we go on, and and life happens in that first week. We can think back on that first week, and I remember being warned that first week after baptism, be careful, watch out, the devil's going to come at you. I don't remember anything that happened that first week, but he probably did. But I remember hearing that, thinking, be careful, be on guard. The devil is not happy that you just got baptized. Watch out. Time goes on. You think back on that, those of us who have been baptized, and we started out with that clean heart. Started out with that clean heart. And I'm not talking about any major sins. I'm not talking about things that, that are, but I'm just talking about life experiences that came along the way. Little, little things here and there that just happened along the way. And they weren't big things, but we didn't deal with it. It was a hurt feeling here. It was a hurt feeling there. It was a word misspoken here. It was a time I should have said I was sorry there, but I didn't. You know, and it would have just fixed that relationship just like that. It would have been mended. There would have been nothing there. But, you know, now it's been years. Should have said I was sorry back then, but, you know, it's been a strain on our relationship ever since then. There's been a strain that's never went away because of that. And now how am I going to do this? How am I going to go and apologize now? How am I going to go say I'm sorry now? Do they even remember? It seems like there's a strain there, but do they even remember? Am I going to just look like a fool? And since baptism, there's just been all these little things that have just come along, and there's a type of personality, and there's a type of person that it's just easier to look the other way. It's just easier to just ignore it. It's easier to just let it just, you know, I'm not going to. And it's not the right way to handle things. It's not the right way to deal with things. Hurts happen. Relationship strains happen. Misunderstandings happen. It's the the heat of life, isn't it? 
It's that sun that comes and kind of can sap that moisture out of the soil and make it kind of crusty and hard. And everything looks good on the outside yet. You know, here, here we have circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart. We're looking at the heart. We're looking at the heart. The in there in that heart. And now we're 20 years down the road after baptism. Or we're 10 years down the road after baptism. Or we're a year down the road after baptism. And there's just been these little things. Come across a verse like this, break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. And we feel a little dry. We feel like we're not as fruitful as what we ought to be. We feel like God's spirit isn't able to move within my heart and anoint and bless and stir like he ought to be doing. And we wonder why. And then we stop and we examine just a little bit, and it's not huge things. It's not. It's not great, sinful, dark, evil things. But we stand there in the middle of this weed patch and what was one time a very simple thing to just pluck up now seems to be a bit overwhelming when you start adding it all up. And it's not just this little patch that you're standing in, but you're looking out over a whole field now that represents our hearts, that represents this time from our baptism up to present time. And we look out over this field and we see another cluster over there. And we see another cluster over here. And God's put a knife in our hands, and he's given us a hoe, and he says, go break up that fallow ground. And does it feel a little overwhelming? Where do we begin? Where do we start? What do you do when you got a heart that's got some weeds in it? What do you do when you got a heart that has some things there that have grown into something that, that I'm not sure how to reconcile this now? I'm not sure how to deal with this now. What do you do with it? I stood there that day, overwhelmed. You know what I did? I just gave up. I just quit. Set it up. And my dad wasn't real happy with me. But I got back on my bike. I had my little BB gun, shoot that dog that was chasing after me. I got back home. And all them weeds were still back there in that field. And there was maybe one little teeny tiny patch, probably about the size of that refrigerator over there, that I had hacked on for a while, used up my strength, and I was done. It was hot. I was ready to go back home. That's kind of in that, doesn't that kind of represent how we are with things like that along that line? We just don't know what to do with it. We just don't even know where to begin. We don't know how to handle it. And so we just, eh. It's just one at a time, isn't it? It's just one weed at a time, isn't it? You just go up to that big stock there, and you just hack it down. You throw it off the side, and when you got that one hacked down and worked out, you, then you go to the next one, and you hack that thing down. And it's just one thing at a time. You just keep hacking away, and you just keep working at it. It would have been helpful if a group of men would have came out there and gathered around me and we could have, then, then, boy, that's inspiring then. You know, you come and help one another with that. You come and strengthen one another with it. You just keep working on that patch. I'll go take that patch over there and get through this thing in no time. You break up that fallow ground. You break out and you root out those weeds and you get rid of those thorns. 
And you break up that ground so you're, you're, you can be fruitful again and you can, you can prosper. But it's just one at a time, isn't it? It's just one at a time. And you just keep working at it, one at a time. And pretty soon you look out over that field and you see beans again. You see what's supposed to be there again. And maybe you've had to work up some ground again. Maybe you had to bring the planter back in there again and, and get that thing so that there's fruitful ground there. So you can yield the highest yield. And there's going to be some that bring forth 60, some, what does it say there? I don't remember the exact amount. Some 100, some 60, some 80. But you can be fruitful, and we can have fruitful lives and fruitful, fruitful relationships and fruitful, a meaningful purpose here with, with helping one another. And that's really what God is interested in here. It's not looking at what appears to be all put together, what appears to be all nice and good and everything's all just... But what he's really trying to get at here is right there at the heart. And he wants a heart that doesn't have any weeds in it. He wants a heart that's, that's fruitful. He wants a heart there where the ground... We could go there and we could read there that ground that, that receives a seed. Those thorns here as it talks about, thorns here as it talks about, the Lord called them the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things. Choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. That was the words of the Lord. That's what he said about that. But the others are those whose hearts... That fallow ground has been worked up. It's able to receive the word. It's planted there into the heart. It springs up. It's fruitful. And it brings forth fruit. I think as we look at our hearts, I think we can see weeds there, probably. Maybe just little teeny tiny weeds right now. We have garden boxes out there, and I don't mind going out there in those garden boxes. We've got good soil in those garden boxes. And I don't mind going to those garden boxes in the summer. And, and I, I actually kind of enjoy it. I kind of enjoy going out there and finding just a teeny tiny weed that's coming up and just boop, pull it out, see the long root that would have been there, and just pull it out as easy as can be. You know, that's a weekly thing. How long can you go without just working it and, and just, just examining your heart Seeing, was there anything there? And just plucking them out. That's a weekly thing. That's a weekly thing. Don't go a month without weeding your heart. Don't go a week without weeding your heart. Just pull them little things out. I'm glad that Christ gives us the victory. I'm so glad. All of us can remember probably the day when our heart was dark, when our heart was evil and full of wicked things, things that were unclean, things that God despised. But that God has given us a new heart, he's given us a new mind, he's given us this victory that's found in Christ through his life living in us. 
Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Sam, would you have some closing thoughts?